Welcome, everybody. I'm Ann Duane, co-founder and partner here at Village Global with Lucas Fagno, an investor here on our team. And today we're thrilled to welcome Alex Iskold. This is a very special episode of the pod, one where we'll talk with Alex, co-founder and managing partner at 2048 Ventures, a thesis-driven early-stage venture firm that leads pre-seed rounds. Though today, we won't focus on the venture side as much. We'll focus on Alex's humanitarian efforts to support the people of his native Ukraine. We all see the devastation and want to help the people of Ukraine. And of course, in the tech industry, we've long valued the amazing talents of the Ukrainian people. And we know that many listeners here might want to learn more ways to support colleagues and their families more effectively. And Alex is uniquely positioned to help us do just that. So Alex, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ties to Ukraine? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast and thank you for shining the light on, on our work. As you said, I'm I'm a venture capitalist. I am a managing partner at a firm called 2048 Ventures. Prior to that, I founded a bunch of startups. And originally when I was 19, my family immigrated from Ukraine. So I've spent first 19 years of my life growing up in the Soviet era Ukraine. And given your tight communications with folks in Ukraine now, what are you hearing about the situation on the ground? I mean, a lot of it is a mix of incredible resilience, but also uncertainty and frustration, right? So Ukrainian people truly have inspired the world because they've stood up to this evil in in a way that people didn't expect them to. At the same time, we, we can only imagine what it feels like on the ground and the uncertainty between being displaced to being killed to their families being tortured and fragmented. The, probably the hardest part is the families being split up. I think a lot of my friends are in these uncertain situations where they can't leave because they their husbands are still there, their sons are still there. But I think that there is a strong determination and will to win. I think the frustration comes from uncertainty as to how long this will go on. Right. You clearly have a strong bias for action, and you have swung into action to support the people of Ukraine multiple times. Um, Can you tell us about the 1K project, what it aimed to do, what has happened, and how it's evolved over time? Yes, absolutely. Three or four days into war, I, you know, like everybody else, I, I was in a complete shock and a disbelief. But I knew that this is going to be uh, massive humanitarian crisis. And so me, uh, my co-founder Chrissy and the team of now 80 volunteers launched the 1K project. And uh, the idea is very simple. It's the idea of empowering families in US and around the world to send 1K directly to uh, a bank card of a Ukrainian family. And this is sort of peer-to-peer distributed network of people helping people where effectively everyone wants to make a difference. And so 1K Project is basically that vehicle that empowers every single family to help another family. And if we can all do that, you know, the impact is massive. And so the way that the system works is sponsors apply to sponsor families and families apply to get help. And then we have um, a very 
strict vetting process for the families where we now have a whole bunch of automation and code to vet the families and make sure that they're deserving. But also every single family application is reviewed manually by our team of about 40 volunteers. And then once the family is eligible to get help, we match the family with a sponsor. Sponsor gets instructions via text or email. And basically sponsors log in into wise.com, which is what we use to send money. And then you basically get information about specific family. You can send that family the relief. And then a few days later, family replies with a thank you note that we then send back to the sponsors to close the loop. I mean, it's such a meaningful connection. Um, How is connectivity in the country right now? That's a great question. So, you know, Ukrainian banking system is so resilient. And so it's really interesting because it's difficult to send large amounts of money into Ukraine. But because we're using this distributed peer-to-peer system where 1K sent through WISE directly to the bank account, it goes through. And so that's that's kind of part of the magic. And we all intuitively know that we live in a world where networks are the most powerful things around us, right? Whether professionally, but this is a proof of a humanitarian relief network in action. And so in terms of the communication, the other thing that we've, I mean, really we and families and sponsors are, are lucky uh, is that even if family is displaced within Ukraine or is displaced outside of Ukraine, they still can access the money. And so, for example, some families are in Poland, but the money comes into their bank account in Grivna, they're able to retrieve it, uh, even though they're not within Ukraine. So we've been lucky so far in the sense that communication and deliverability of the money has been solid. In terms of the the project today, what are sort of the, the numbers that you can share of the success uh, of, you know, the impact that you've made? But also, I would love to hear, you know, I think, for us living here in the US, not being a part of this, it's easy to think, oh, you know, like a thousand dollars, like what, what what can this make? But uh, I, I was curious if you could share some success stories of, of the impact and things that you've heard of, you know, how that money that may not seem like that much to a lot of people has actually impacted and changed the lives of the people you're supporting. Yeah, Lucas, th- these are excellent questions. So just high level stats to date, we've raised uh, over $4 million. And that's been a little, like basically been in four weeks. And we've been able to fund close to 4,000 families. So we've become very efficient at sort of getting the money out. And, you know, some other stats, 50% of these families are in Ukraine in their homes, 25% are displaced within Ukraine, they've become refugees, they live in other cities now, and then 25% are, are in Europe. The need is so much larger, though. We've just crossed 80,000 applications. So obviously, we cannot help everyone. We've been prioritizing families with three-plus children and particularly single mothers because, as one volunteer said on the project, this war made every mother into a single mother. And just to understand how devastating this is, if you are a single mother and you are in Poland, you don't necessarily speak the local language, you can't get a job because uh, you have to sit with kids. And so effectively, it's very difficult uh, because you do not have that support. So to your second point, 1K is envisioned to be a bridge. 
and it's by design actually a very very meaningful amount of money we didn't want to send like a hundred bucks just because it wouldn't move the needle and so when you think about what is this a bridge to it's the bridge most likely to a temporary resettlement so what that means is that there's and i'll go through kind of like what they can you know spend the 1k on but the idea is we're giving them that bridge until they can temporarily resettle in Poland, in Germany, in UK, some will be coming to US, but that will take time. So how much time? Four to six weeks is what we would expect. And so a family of three to four people can use $1,000 over four to six weeks. And what are they using the money for? Is they're using it for first and foremost food, but a lot of them need closing because refugees literally run out in their like t-shirts. They left all of their belongings in their home. They weren't able to, one of my high school friends um, had to abandon her car when she was crossing the border. And she took, you know, like a suitcase and crossed the border with two kids, just walked through it. And so a lot of them need more closing. Obviously some of them need shelter. And so this amount of money is, is very meaningful. And like you said, for us, and even for us in the US, like 1K is still 1K, but for them, it is much more than, you know, what, what you and I would consider 1K can do. Uh, it's really it's so impactful. And besides this direct cash contribution, which seems so actionable, what else can people here do to support, you know, colleagues and friends and, and people in Ukraine? There are so many wonderful efforts. It's truly incredible from direct donations to Ukrainian army, both you can send cash and crypto to supporting uh, efforts to get more supplies into Ukraine to now increasingly, there's a way to help through like different organizations that are focused on resettlement, which is also, as you can imagine, will require a, you know a bunch of dollars through because of the wedding and matching airbnb has done an amazing job providing temporary housing obviously you can get involved and donate to red cross and that helps you know you know people families that are wounded and uh humanitarian aids so there's plethora of projects why combinator recently published uh, i thought was like a really excellent and, and fairly short list I also do want to mention one other project that is run by my close friend and um, and a VC at One Way Ventures, uh, Semyon Dukac and his wife. It's similar in spirit to 1K, but uh, they literally do direct relief and they send out cash at the border. So it's called Cash for Refugees. And they have a whole bunch of volunteers that are literally standing there when people are crossing the border and giving them $100. So, you know, there is a number of ways you can get involved. What I think is unique about the 1K project is you as a person can touch another life. And I can quote some of the sponsors. They literally are in tears when they get back these stories because it is absolutely heartbreaking, but it's also incredibly impactful because when you donate, and I think all of us have previously donated and it feels amazing when you donate to red cross or you donate to the army but you don't feel that human connection you know that you've donated and you know you've made impact but when you touch one life 
that's really all it takes because you know like hey me and Natalia from Kharkiv we're now bonded forever because I helped her yeah it is incredible incredible uh really brings it to life is there anything else we should know or or cover um one thing that I think would be also of interest to your audience is we like I said we've crossed four million in donations and we're really ramping up our efforts to we feel like we've build a lot of plumbing and we want to be the vehicle that sends hopefully 10 dollars and more we have launched an initiative called startups and vcs for ukraine and that happened last week and it's been going really well and i can highlight it for you so the premise is venture capital firms and startups can sign up and basically sponsor 10 families so it's 10k and our goal is to get to a thousand startups and thousand uh you know venture firms collectively to deliver 10 million dollars worth of relief and many many firms and startups already signed up so basically when you sign up you can donate and the, the donation is tax deductible once you donate we fund 10 families on your behalf and then we send you back pdf with all of their stories and thank you notes and pictures and the impact and going back to and what you said is like how can people feel the connection and you know if you are you know mid-stage startup or your venture firm this is just a way that you can a deliver impact instantly but also you can share these stories and you can discuss because when you touch the lives and when you see these stories it comes through in a very different light so we're we're happy to 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 provide that opportunity and we hope that people can, you know, those who can afford can sign their startup and their venture firm up. And we're going to be talking about this initiative, but just also wanted to emphasize that we've been so humbled by, you know, incredible outpouring of support from, you know, founders, VCs, executives, and just entire tech community has been really rallying up behind the 1K project. I love it. And Alex, I'd be curious, you're very humble. You haven't really talked a lot about, you know, your efforts and, and how hard was it to actually pull this off. But I do would love want to dive deeper because it's truly phenomenal that within a matter of just weeks and a few days and definitely less than 30 days, you were able to put a team of over 40 people, like get over $4 million, deliver that to over 4,000 families in Ukraine. Can you just talk a little bit more about, you know, the sort of operational intensity intensity, and how was it to actually put all of this together in such a short amount of time? Yeah. I mean, imagine the craziest, most insane startup and like multiplied by a hundred. And that's what we're looking at. I mean, the thing that's exceptionally humbling is, you know, we are close to 80 volunteers and everybody's so committed. But as you pointed out, Lucas, this is such a fast moving train where we were funding families as fast as we could. And a lot of the things were very manual and we've gradually displaced a lot of manual stuff with code. And that's obviously helps us scale, but we have absolutely, my co-founder Chrissy and I were so humbled to have absolutely incredible team of engineers, top-notch engineers, best engineers I've ever worked with, you know, designers, people from all corners of the world, like people from Latvia, people from Ukraine, you know, people from East and West Coast here, people from Europe working on 
operations like reading family applications, replying to emails and text messages from sponsors and families, making sure our you know reconciliation accounting interfacing with our fiscal sponsor, which is open collective. There's just so many pieces to this. It truly is like a massive undertaking and it, it's a lot of moving parts, but we're so all united and we're sleepless, but very united in the mission to, 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 to basically get this relief. And I go to bed and get up with only one thought, just get more families, get more families relief. And it's all worth it when you see the impact from, you know, thank yous from the families and thank yous from the sponsors. But it's 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 exceptionally intense that that's amazing um in something that in i think mentioned on the introduction that i i'd love to cover as well is that i'm sure you've either backed ukrainian founders or you know portfolio companies that have a lot of ukrainian engineers uh you know ukrainian engineering talent is indeed like one of the most amazing international engineering talent that that a lot of startups leverage um I'd be curious if you have any stories or if you know of any tactics and strategies that companies of yours or that you've heard are using to to manage the situation and the sort of turbulence that they're all going through and that their employees are going through. And if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest challenge of the situation is the fragmentation of families. So when you think about it, when you think about a company as a unit, it's a unit in the during time of peace, but during time of war, when the family is fragmented, you can't just tell somebody, hey, I want you to relocate to place X. So what, what happened in reality is that some men are no longer available because they are, you know, standing by or they literally joined uh, the army. In terms of women, you know, to give you an example, a volunteer who runs our social media, uh, she's in Lviv. And it's incredible because she's literally living in inside war, but she works for the company in UK and she actually was able to travel for work. And she continues to live this sort of fragmented life where she's in the war situation, but she's working for her startup. I've definitely heard of startups that are in a position to relocate and leave. Uh, people are leaving, but most people are not in that position. And so... There's also been a lot, lots of efforts to, uh, because some people get displaced, like there's a lot of efforts to help Ukrainian talent find new jobs, at least sort of like temp, temp jobs while, while the war is happening. Um, one of the most amazing engineers in our project, like he was able to uh, leave and he's in Romania. And so he's working from from Romania, but a lot of people didn't have that opportunity. So it's it's very tough times for startups. In, in all in all honesty, I feel like we need the war to to stop. Then we'll pick up the pieces and we'll start rebuilding. But you know, a lot of a lot of these companies are going to be naturally exceptionally wounded through this through this process. And you know, we don't know like how many of them will be able to survive as as companies. And on the point that you just made about the efforts uh, that we're going to need to to do to to do and have after this war ends, part of what's so difficult about this is that even if if the war ends tomorrow, the humanitarian crisis is still going to last for quite a long time, right? All the families displaced, all the cities that have been destroyed. Do you plan to keep going with the with the one K project 
for, for, for as long as necessary. What are other types of efforts um, in organizations that you, you think we need to build up to do all of the support that's going to be necessary to rebuild the country uh, for, for the years to come? Look, I mean, we're very committed to continue to do everything we possibly can, um, you know, for as long as we need to and, and able to. I mean, obviously, it's a function we want to, you know, we want to ideally send tens of millions of dollars on relief, of relief. We're ready. So we're very focused on, you know, um, continuing to scale because, like you said, the crisis isn't going to be over anytime soon. I think we increasingly realize that we we are truly a bridge to that resettlement. And so in the near term, we want to be able to help more families and then, uh, you know, be a be a link to various organizations that help resettlement. And then I think there will be a separate efforts to rebuild Ukraine. My feeling is at that point, the 1K project is not going to be as necessary because there's going to be other vehicles for rebuilding. We don't know, but my feeling is there's just so much love and admiration towards Ukraine that if, if you know, as soon as the war is over, there's going to be a lot of resources poured into the rebuilding. A lot of companies will locate there. A lot of opportunities will be created. A lot of building will be happening. We will assess at that point. But again, I am absolutely committed to continue. And, you know, we've hired a full-time head of operations. We are, you know, very structured as a, as a, as a volunteer collective. And look, we, we want to we help as many families as we can for as long as we can. Well, uh, Alex, you're an inspiration. And really thank you and thank all the volunteers and um, the donors, of course, and we will make sure that the link to the 1K project and um, startups and VCs for Ukraine and some other resources that you mentioned are available in the show notes. And again, we're, we're just so uh, inspired by your efforts and uh, look forward to working with you in support of the Ukrainian people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Check us out at villageglobal.vc, where you can find links and other information about today's episode.